our prosperity. Hallelujah. Is that an okay subject for you? Uh, I enjoy talking about it uh, because that's my lane because uh, Luke 4.18, uh, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I told my wife, that's what I wanted for my birthday. I wanted, I wanted that plaque, that little artwork for my birthday, and she got it for me. She took care of me, hooked me up. That's what I wanted. I didn't need all a bunch of other stuff. Just need just that. As a constant reminder to me of why I'm here. You know, we were talking about this morning, David, when he went to face the giant, he wasn't going to face the giant. He was going to take care of his brothers. But all the people were backing up. They were scared because this giant was out there. And when David, you know, he got his little oomph, he's like, hey, I can go handle that. I can go, I can go kill this giant. And his brothers and all those around him were saying, hey, go back home, man. Go back to them little sheep. Get out of here. And he said, is there not a cause? There's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason I'm going to stand up. And so you have to know your why of life. When you find out your why, then God will give you all the how. He'll give you strength to make it happen. But you got to know your why. Many times people are trying to operate without the why. W-H-Y. And if you don't have your why nailed down, then you're just kind of floating through life. But you have a purpose. God designed you with a purpose. You were born with a purpose. So if you want to know your purpose, you go back to the one who created you. Am I right about it? You don't ask people, what's my purpose? You go back to the one who created you because he created you the way he created you for a purpose. Is that right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so, um, so back to the subject here. I enjoy preaching this. Um, I absolutely abhor poverty. I hate poverty. I hate what poverty does to people. Now, until you hate it, you can't get with me. You know, some of y'all looking at me like, well, I don't hate it. That's your problem. I hate poverty. Until you hate it, you're going to live in it. Because whatever you don't hate, you tolerate. So you'll, so you'll celebrate around tax time. <laughs> so my wife and I, we had gone out to, uh, I guess, lunch here last week. And we went to this place, and a uh, little place out on 4th Street. And when we went there, as we were coming outside, going to the car, our, it just came back to me that this was the place, this was the very parking lot where the Lord spoke to me and told me to p start picking up those, the money off the, off the ground. I remember that? That's how the Lord started me in prosperity and started me in my journey of, of increase was, he's, so that, see that money, start picking it up. And he, I, I had to start picking it up in the middle of that parking lot at this little restaurant out, outside the restaurant on 4th Street. And, uh, and I told him, I said, I said, now I don't know how, I don't know that then how, oh, I, I was coming to pick up lunch for, for the family and bringing it back to the church. And I said, that must have been payday. Must have been payday. <laughs> so that had to be payday. Because outside of payday, see, none of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all just, 
It had, it had to be payday. Because after payday, wasn't no going nothing to get nothing from nowhere, nothing. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. So we have kind of this payday wealth, payday riches, payday celebration, payday happiness, payday joy, payday peace. But it's, it's a long time, two weeks a long time between joy and peace and celebration and being able to go out to eat and get whatever you want to. The Bible says he daily loads us with benefits. Give us this day our daily bread. So he don't want you having to be every two weeks. You know, if you, if you once a month, like some of these people in, in government positions and things like that, or if you own disability, social security, all that kind of stuff, you got to wait once a month? Boy, that, that's a long time, man. And God doesn't mean us to live like that. Glory to God. We serve an abundant God. A really good God. Amen? So, um, we're going to preach prosperity. We have to because it's, it's God's time, and we've got to get with him on his time. Because I don't know if you realize that he's moving. And he's moving right now. And we're going to either get on board with him, or we're going to wait to wait the next go round. I don't want to wait till the next go around, Joya. I want to move with his prosperity now in this time. Jesus lamented in Luke 19. He said, you, you, he cried because he said, you all didn't see and know the day of your visitation. Another one would come, but you'd miss this one today, and, and I don't want to miss this one. Amen? I missed it 10, 20 years ago. I missed the wave 20 years ago. I'm not, I'm not missing this one. I can't wait 20 more years. Glory to God. Save now, we beseech thee. Send now prosperity. Amen? Thank you, guys. I'm just, let's just get right into it. Let y'all come and get positioned so y'all can dig in and grab too. Y'all give these guys a hand for ministering. Come on, do better than that. Give them a hand. Along with our praise and worship team. I want to talk on the subject tonight, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour out your spirit upon me and make known your, your words to me. Make me to understand the ways of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of. Amen. That's what we're praying for tonight. For God to open our eyes to see things from his word. So you all pray. Hope you all have been praying today. So let's pray for revelation to flow to us tonight. Let's pray for the anointing on the word and me and on you to receive the word of God. Amen? Thank you, Lord. How many of y'all are born again? All right. Jesus, you know this scripture. Turn over here, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Jesus went through a lot. 
Jesus died on the cross. Before he died on the cross, he was marched from hall to hall, court to court. If y'all grew up Baptist, you know how that goes. Hall to hall, court to court. <laughs> they stripped his back and they began to whip him with the cat of nine tails, which is a whip, uh, a piece of leather strap with, with uh, bones in it that it would dig into the flesh of the person they were whipping and rip their flesh off. And so Jesus Christ's back, his, his organs were exposed because that's the kind of uh, torture that they put him through. Glory to God. It wasn't a, a pretty death. It wasn't a simple death. It wasn't that, you know, lethal injection and he just slept away. It was a very brutal, uh, torturous death that he went through. And with that, he went into the grave, uh, faced Satan, face to face, stared him down in, the, in, in, the, in hell, and whipped him. Whipped him on his own turf. But he went through the deepest part of hell. He went through the torture of hell for us. You know, he had no sin. Second Corinthians 5.21, he became sin for us. Right? So that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we know that he went through a whole lot. And um, all that he went through was for us. He didn't go through anything for himself. All he went through was for us. Right? And so... To not receive what he went through for us is a disgrace and a shame. It is a um, slap in his face. Can y'all handle this? What I'm saying to, you? to not accept, allow, and receive the total package from God is, um, is really uh, disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the blood of Jesus Christ. To not receive the righteousness and walk in the righteousness is, a, is disrespectful. To not receive the healing, 2 Peter 2.24, to not receive uh, that healing that came by his stripes is disrespectful. To not receive the blessing of Abraham, Galatians 3.13 and 14, not receive the blessing of Abraham is disrespectful. And to not become rich is disrespectful. Okay, let me help you. Some of y'all are struggling. There are people some of our relatives, my parents, my grandparents, who, great-grandparents, who went through slavery and through their prayers, God delivered them out of slavery. Then there were others who, post-slavery, worked hard to get it to the point where a person who looks like me could vote. A person who looks like me could vote with my skin color. I could vote. To not vote 
Well, they're going to make no difference. It made a difference to them enough to die for it. You understand that? People who face down dogs and water hoses, not water hoses, fire hoses. To be beaten, to be brutalized, to be incarcerated. So you and I could have the right to vote. Then to not vote because we're too busy or too lazy or too disinterested is disrespectful of the blood they shed decades ago. So get over your neo-blackism and think the way you think, oh, that don't matter to me, that I ain't getting. Listen, listen. Your great, great, great grandmama, your great grandmama, your people in your family would have given everything they had to be able to do what you failed to do. You better say it, sir. My God. So to not do it is disrespectful. Do you understand that? So then, if Jesus would go through the torture, the brutality of being bipped, beat, beaten and whipped all night long, beard plucked out of his face, brutalized till uh, the skin and the flesh is torn off his back, to go down into the very pit of hell, to go through all that, to not receive what he left for us is disrespectful. I don't need all that. Is disrespectful to the blood of Jesus. All the little friends and people out there talking about prosperity, that ain't nothing but the devil. The devil didn't die for prosperity. The devil didn't die for your prosperity. The devil want to do everything he can to keep you from having prosperity. Jesus died for your prosperity. Well, it says here, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. In other words, he's telling us in clear-cut terms why he did it. <laughs> oh, man, asking anybody, do you hear him? Do you hear him? He's telling us in clear-cut terms. Here's why I did what I did. Now, I know some of y'all, you like to pass already and all that. Go on and preach something else. I, I'm talking about, you may know it here in mental ascent, but you've not got this thing down in your heart that I have to do it. I have to be rich. I have to be healed. I have to be blessed. I have to be righteous. Because to fail to do so is to disrespect the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus. You got it? 
So you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Switch over to the New Living Translation here. We'll show you something here. It says, you know the generous grace. So it's a generous grace. How many of y'all know what generous means? When you say, hey, is that, that person's generous? That means they give without measure. It means uh, if you go to the, to the place, uh, uh, Kirk, we like to go, guys like us, we go, and we, when they're they going to serve us, we want a generous portion. You know, we say we want a hungry man's portion. I, I ask before I order, I, when I go to a restaurant, I order something, I'm like, is that going to feed me or is this going to feed you? Because I, I want to know what I'm ordering. I want you to be generous with my portion. I, I want to I be able to leave some. Not be wanting more. So though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. So notice who's going to do the work. He's, he did the work from the beginning. He's going to do the work in the end. So that he could make me make it personal if you don't want it. So that he can make me rich. I don't have to make me rich. He makes me rich. Glory to God. So that he can make me rich. He did it so he could make me rich. Without doing it, he just, he could preach. But until he died and went through all that, he couldn't make me. You understand? He could preach it, I could receive it, but I, I, I had no way to qualify for it. But once he went through what he went through, I was now qualified to receive. John 1, 12, as many as, as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God. Power to become. So now I can receive something. Got it? Okay. Now let's look back at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. And this time, I want you to pull up the, um, the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Glory to God. I don't want to make you mad, but if I have to, I'm going to make you mad. I, I'd rather just tonight just stir you up. Let's just get stirred up tonight. And to get stirred up, I got I to gotta, I gotta stretch you in your how you think. You got it? We've been broke too long. <laughs> We've been in debt too long. We've been in lack too long. God wants us to be lacking nothing. All right, now. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, the Passion Translation reads this way. For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say extravagant. extravagant. Now, when you think extravagant, what do you think? Come on now, just, just, wow, extravagant. Extravagant is not regular, it's not common, it's not... Now, this is what, what, from the passion, how they define that when they see grace, how they're laying it out to us. It's, it's, an, it's a grace of extravagance. In other words, it's an ability coming on you for extravagance. I'll come over here. 
it's an ability coming on you to live extravagantly. We've been so used to commonality and mediocrity, we've been offended by extravagance. Y'all, some of y'all ain't paying attention to me. We, we, we've been offended by extravagance. Oh, look at all that. Ooh, who needed all that? Why they got, ooh. And yet, that's the grace that he is putting on you. Because if you can't handle extravagance, I'm going to tell you like Jesse Duplantis say, go to hell. As we said, Jesse Duplantis said, if you, if you can't handle extravagance, go ahead and go to hell. Because heaven going to be full of extravagance. You're not going to like that, so go ahead and go to hell. Go to hell where it's dark and it's stank and it's fiery and it's worms and it's gnats and it's bugs and ain't nothing going on but, but horrid torture. You don't want to go to heaven. Tell you as a neighbor, if you don't like extravagance, go ahead and go to hell. Now y'all can get away with it because the way we put it, all right? Now, you can't use that in everyday terms. You can't use that in regular terms. I'm telling you, I'm te teaching you how to use that. Okay? He said you have experienced extravagant grace. You have experienced. Somebody say extravagant. I mean, even if you can't define it, it sounds like, it just sounds like. I mean, if you have any kind of handle on the English language, when you see the prefix extra, I don't know what vagant is, but extra tells me whatever vagant is, I get more of it. And it's got to be something good. Extraordinary. You follow what I'm saying? So we've experienced the extravagant grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself. He had to lay all that down. They couldn't take his life. He had to lay his life down. For our sake, so that by his poverty, we could become, watch this, rich beyond measure. Everybody say it. Say rich, rich. beyond measure. <laughs> Let that marinate in your spirit for a minute. Rich beyond measure. Rich beyond measure. Hmm. Rich beyond measure. Now, I, some of y'all struggling, you can't even think it because you think about your little $10 an hour, your little $13 an hour, your little $15 an hour, your little $20 an hour, your like $25 an hour. How am I ever going to get rich beyond measure? You trying to measure. Remember we read the New Living Translation that said, so that he could make you? 
This is a supernatural action. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So he's the God of extravagance. And so him being extravagant, he gives an extravagant grace so you and I can be rich beyond measure. Hallelujah. Lord, help your people tonight. One thing they're going to have to happen, Deke, is we're going to have to expose ourselves to more extravagance. You're going to, you're going to stop being offended by it. You're going to, have to stop being offended by too much. I'll tell you something. I say this all the time. These young people, they're not offended by it. Y'all grown-ups offended by it. These young folk, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? But y'all grown folks, because y'all think about how to pay for it. They just think about how to receive it. And whatever you do, do not, do not bring them down to your thinking. I command you. As your man of God, do not bring these young people down to your thinking. You do the work for you to come up to their thinking. They thinking right. Y'all ain't saying that. Y'all don't like it. Y'all young people better amen. I'm going to get my amens from the teens tonight. They're thinking right. You thinking wrong. Extravagant. Miriam Webster gives us a definition for extravagant. I want you to read it. Exceeding the limits of reason or necessity. Hold on, we ain't got that far yet. Hold on, 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 hold on. That means unreasonable. If it exceeds the limits of a reason, it's unreasonable. Or necessity. That says totally unnecessary. Yes, sir. Yeah, but I got it. Why you need all that? Nobody need all that. It's extravagant grace. I can't help it. Nobody need that much car. They got to do how much you need. Man, there's a message Brother Jesse the Planets uh, preached one time called It's Not About the Need. If you ever get a chance, Google, Google it, YouTube it. It's called It's Not About the Need. It's Not About the Need. That's the name of the message. It's Not About the Need. Man, bless your socks right off your feet. See, God, God's trying to get us so far past our need. What can I, oh, well, thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's why. Because as long as you are focused on your needs, you can never have above your needs. But when you get focused on letting God go above your needs, your needs get swallowed up. And then when he gives you above that, now what he, what he wants to do through you 
is to let your extravagance meet somebody else's need. But he got to first get you and me past need. He wants us lacking nothing. How many of y'all ever had the frustration of going to a store looking for something they were out of stock? I've had the frustration of going to, a, to KFC and they were out of chicken. That never happened if I don't know. It's, what, what in the what? It's KF chicken. Can y'all call a colonel or something? I mean, God, how you out of chicken? Oh, we don't have no chicken. That's kind of what you guys do, right? Y'all ought to have a chicken farm or something in the backyard or something. You do chicken. But that's frustrating to you if you go there and they're out of stock. They don't have what you need. Well, how do you expect God to bring you, to bring people to you to meet their need and you're out of stock? God needs you and me to be so well stocked, so well supplied that if he brings anybody to us, as the Bible said, the Bible said when he brings a poor man to you, he said, put your hand out and let them take whatever they want. That's what he said. But to do that, you've got to be rich beyond measure. That's what the Bible told us. To when a person comes to us in a need for us to put our hand out and let them take whatever they want. That means don't be. Okay. Now you got to be able to do that. I said you have to be able to do that. So to do that, I have to allow God to make me rich. The church folk, your cousins and aunties, them, they fighting this stuff. But they out of stock on everything. Jesus told the disciples, he said, freely you have received, freely give. Is that what he told them? Freely you have received, freely give. Later on, when Peter was there at the gate, the beautiful gate in Acts 3, he said, such as I have, give I unto thee. So you have to have an anointing for healing. <laughs> you can't give what you don't have. So if God's going to have you giving and blessing people and helping people, you've got to allow him to give you an extravagant amount. All right, I better go back to definition. Don't y'all, don't, 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 don't unhook yet, y'all. Exceeding the limits of reason or necessity. That means you, you got an unreasonable grace. A grace for the unnecessary. A grace for the superfluous. Y'all ever heard that word? Your Bible, y'all Bible scholars, superfluous? Superfluity of nothingness the Bible talks about. Superfluous is over and above all you need. <laughs> Glory to God. Sometimes as a husband, I sit there and like, dog, oh, my wife, why she got so many shoes? But I found out it's an extravagant grace. See, in her mind, and that's right, in her mind, she don't have that many. I'm looking like you don't have that many. (laughs) 
don't get mad at that, y'all, because you, you watch your MTV cribs uh, and stuff like that, and them old heathens out there shaking booty heathens and have a whole room full of shoes. And you be like, dog, ooh, look at that, look at that. No, look at you. Get your butt some shoes. Let God put his grace on you and let you flow in his grace so you can have an extravagant, unnecessary amount of shoes. And I don't mean evil shoes either. I don't mean poor quality and ugly. I'm talking about good quality and beautiful shoes. How can how I'm gonna do that? You ain't asking you to do it. I'm asking you to believe it. Extravagant. Chris, lacking in moderation. Give me a. Uh, Philippians, oh, because I'm, I'm going to show you how the body of Christ, how the religious church has blown this and got people trapped in poverty and mediocrity. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, in the King James, this is what they've been teaching in the King James. Y'all see King James? Here's what the body of Christ has been teaching for decades, for a century. Let your moderation be known to all men. Anybody ever heard the body of Christ be teaching that? That means, let your moderate, what they're saying is, that means, you know, just be moderate. Just drive, have a moderate car and have a moderate house and have a modest, a modest house and have a modest lifestyle and have modest clothes. You know, you got, just, you know, you don't need to have all that, all that stuff. And they've been teaching that. But let's switch to, to the new King James Version. And see what it says. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Oh, that's what it really means. It doesn't mean control. It doesn't mean uh, limiting how you live. One translation will say, let your self-control be known to all men. But the church has taught moderation as uh, not having things, limiting you. <laughs> you can't live in certain houses, drive a certain kind of car certain neighborhood. That's, that's not moderate. You have a bill, you buy a person that's real leather. I'm talking about, but the church, is, the church has planted that. And yet, go back to extravagant. <laughs> Lacking in moderation. Man, I wish y'all would catch this. I'm going to come back to these teenagers. Y'all teenagers, y'all got this, teenagers? Lacking in moderation. If you want Gucci slides, get you Gucci slides. But they $400, so what? can't do that. Why? It's, it's hungry children to feed in Africa. Feed them. Feed them. 
As a matter of fact, here's a promise God makes. Every time you feed him, he said, I'm going to pay you back. So just feed him. That means you can't lose feeding the children of Africa. So you feed them. You, you spend $500 to feed them. God going to pay you back. Then take your $500 and go get you some shoes. It's your $500. He paid you back. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, ain't, no, I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm not. I'm not trying to make you mad. But if you happen to get mad, I'm glad. Because I, I got I to shake you out of false humility of religion. It's a false humility of religion. And God hates it. God hates the world looking better than his children. Come on, now y'all y'all saying I know how some of y'all act. If you went to the school campus and your kid got on some, some clothes and you look at so-and-so kids and they got on an outfit, you're like, uh. So you're you going to take your last dollar and go shopping to make sure your kid got some clothes that look at least as good as the other child has on. That's how you are. God ain't like that. He ain't like that. Mean the God who said, I will set you on high above all nations of the earth? Mean the God who said, I'll make you the head and the tail above all and not beneath? You mean that God ain't like that? Mean the God who said, I'll make you a peculiar people? A peculiar treasure unto me? Mean that God? Gucci. Gucci, 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 Gucci. Just make sure y'all get excited when I say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Don't let Gucci be bigger than Jesus. You let Gucci be bigger than Jesus, then you got to get the Gucci yourself. But if you make Jesus bigger than Gucci, God, he'll get you the Gucci. He'll get you the Gucci. That'll wrap. He'll get you the Gucci. He can afford it. He can pay for it. But you got to put him first. You got to seek him first. You got to seek him out with all your heart. Don't ever let stuff be more important and more valuable to you than Jesus. All right, let me go and finish this definition because this, this isn't just my message here. Uh, Lacking in moderation, balance, and restraint. So you don't have no balance. Your life is just totally imbalanced. <laughs> just totally imbalanced. No, no restraint. You just see something and you don't, you know, I'm going to just buy it. Now don't do that yet. Let me just pause right there. Don't do that yet. 
This is he gotta gotta make you do this. Don't you do it now before your time and you'll be broke and hungry and crying. Oh Lord, Pastor told me to go buy Gucci. I ain't tell you to go buy. I didn't tell nobody to go buy no Gucci. I didn't tell you to buy no Gucci either. I didn't tell anybody to go buy no Gucci. What I'm saying is, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, everything is beautiful in its time. So God will let you know when it's your time. All right. Okay, let me keep going. Extremely, now watch this, watch this. This is this, this how you ought to be living here. This is how you're going to be living. Did you just catch your prophet? Some of y'all talking. Did you catch your prophet? This is how you're going to be living. Extremely or excessively elaborate. Extremely or unreasonably high in price. What? What? Man, they had an article in the, in the Weekly Challenger here a couple weeks ago. And the Weekly, weekly Char, uh, Challenger, the article, it was a commentary somebody wrote. And they, they wrote an article. The title said, uh, rent here is too blank high. That's what they said. The rent is too blank high. Y'all know a blank. They put a blank, a word in the blank. I said, no, your income is too blank low. Rent is by market value. Rent is by whatever people can afford to pay. If everybody was charging 5000 people only five, afford 500 rent comes down. But if it's, they charge them 5000 somebody paying 5000 I can't believe them shoes that much, somebody paying. If, that's why, yeah, they add, they add stores. They, these stores are increasing. The JCPen is closing down, but the Gucci's are expanding. Why? Because somebody's paying it. So what you got to do is adjust your mind to go up. I can't believe gas is so high. It ain't going down. Bread is getting higher. It ain't going down. You just got to come up. Well, how am I going to afford it? I'm going to work, work extra job? It ain't an extra job. It's the extravagant grace that God is putting on your life while you're sitting right here listening to me. Extremely or unreasonably high in price. Spending much more than necessary. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say that. I want you to practice spending more than necessary. Now, what I mean, what I mean is, from this day forward, stop lowballing everybody. That's what I mean. That means when somebody comes to you with a price, don't you try to cut them in half by 50%. Well, I'm just trying to get me a little deal. That's what they charge. My wife and I, my wife knows that. We, we agreed that a long time ago. When people come to us with a price, we never argue with a price. We have never argued with people's price. They do the job, I'm, let me pay you. Now, it's my choice whether to hire you again. Your price is your price. I can hire you, I can not hire you, but I'm not going to argue with your price. If you think your haircut's worth $50, then your haircut's worth $50. 
It's my choice. I'll let you cut my hair or let someone else cut my hair. That's too high. No, you're thinking too low. Because somebody paying it. Somebody's paying that. Well, what? The problem is with, with most of us in the body of Christ is we have, we have been trapped in such a lack mindset so long. We can't imagine. I can't even imagine paying that. I can't imagine paying $2,000 for rent. Well, don't worry, you won't. Eighty thousand for a vehicle? I can't ever imagine. You won't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You won't. But if you can start to imagine it, see the moment you start imagining it, what happens is God begins the the process of enlarging your heart. In Psalm number four, y'all learn anything so far? Are you being stirred up or challenging so far? Psalm four, verse one in the in the King James. Psalm four, one in the King James. Watch this. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Did y'all catch that? It's when you're in the distress or in the tight situation, if you can start imagining and when you call on God, that he can begin to enlarge you. And the reason why people stay in, in distress or in tight situations, in limits, in straits, is because they don't allow themselves to be enlarged. I can't see myself paying more than. I can't see myself having more than. So that's why you're stuck. Not because God can't do it. It's because you won't let him enlarge you. But he'll enlarge you in the distress. So while you're in a one-bedroom and you, you still feel tight, you in distress, straight, all right, God, I'm calling on you. But the rent too high out there. No, don't worry about that. Let me let you enlarge me. Y'all listen to me here. I'm qualified to teach you this. I have enough experience and enough revelation from God and my own testimony to teach you. I'm telling you how it works. He don't, he don't put you in, in the, in the uh, six-bedroom house and then enlarge you. He enlarge you when you in that little efficiency. <laughs> when it's tight and you know you start to get enlarged when it starts getting tighter when it starts feeling like the, wall, the walls are closing in it's not the walls moving it's your heart that's what happens you start feeling like this is, this is, this is not enough. Oh, it's the devil. That ain't the devil. It's God enlarging you in your distress. 
But Pastor, all I want is three bedrooms. That's fine. You don't have to have it. I'm just talking about where, wherever you are, it's, it's you're, you're, not, you're not chopping yourself off because you can't believe for more. Somebody, all you might want is two bedrooms because I ain't finna clean all that stuff. I ain't, finna, I ain't trying to manage all that stuff. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Till you, till you get you a steward. All right, let me keep going. Here. Everybody say lacking nothing. So listen, there should be no lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. There should be no lack in any area of our lives whatsoever. I said any area. If you're sick, sickness is a lack of health. You go and have the doctors test you, they'll say, hey, you're, the reason you're feeling that way is because you're deficient in something. That's a lack. You got to understand it's a lack of something. Well, God will supply your lack. That's what healing is. It's him supplying the lack. You got it? All right. So in any area of your life, but I'm talking specifically about money right now. Look at Psalm 34, please. Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10. Psalm 34, verse 8 through 10. Hallelujah. We're doing good on time. Says, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. That's my testimony. I can tell you, taste and see, man, the Lord is good. He says, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Well, we know what the blessing does, right? It makes us rich and has no sorrow with it. That's Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing makes us rich and has no sorrow with it. So it says here, blessed is the man who trusts in him. So something's going to happen to you when you trust in him. You're going to get an empowerment to become rich. Got it? So watch what he then says in verse 9 and 10. Oh, fear the Lord, you and saints. There is no want or there is no lack to those who fear him. Why? The blessing's working on you. So there's no lack to those who fear him. Verse 10, please. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. Now, the young lions, these are supposed to be these ones that can go out there and kill anything they want to. They can always get something to eat. He says, no, even, even the, the young lions will lack. And suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord. Now we just saw a key here to getting out of lack. Is seeking the Lord. It's not seeking the stuff. It's seeking the Lord. If we seek the Lord, seek him first. Then he's going to add all these things to us. So if we seek the Lord, we shall not lack any good thing. How many of y'all like good things? I like good things. I didn't know I liked good things until I, I had good things. For me, things didn't matter. I didn't, none of that matters. It's just, it's, just, it's just that. It's just that. But I found out there's a difference in stuff. <laughs> right? But let's go beyond that. How about having a good night's sleep? Is that a good thing? Ask somebody who's, who has insomnia. A good night's sleep is a good thing. Yes. Having a good marriage and a good family, is that a good thing? Oh, boy, I'm telling you, that's a good thing. Praise God for it every single day of my life. Thank you, Lord, for a good wife and good children and a good life. Good thing. 
Your health is a good thing. Blood running warm in your veins. Use and activity of your limbs. Oxygen in your lungs. Praise the Lord. Reasons a reasonable portion of health and strength. But to have your health is a good thing. For you to be able to hear me right now is a good thing. Being able to look at me and see me is a good thing. So I got a good wife, and I got a good marriage, and I got a good, good children. I have good health. I get a good night's sleep. But if I'm broke, I'm lacking some good thing. He said I should lack no, I won't lack any good thing. So lack has no place in your life. Not if you're fearing the Lord, not if you're seeking the Lord. Lack has no place in your life. If you are seeking God, fearing God, you are unqualified to have lack. If you have lack, lack is a violation. Lack is a violation of your rights as a kingdom citizen. Anything. If you lack anything, it is a violation. That, that, that's why you got you to see that when sickness comes against your body. You got to see sickness not as normal. Sickness is a violation against the child of God. The Bible says healing is a children's bread. So if you have sickness, it's a violation. Thank you, Lord. If you can't get a good night's sleep, that's a violation. Confusion, drama, depression, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a violation. Flag on the plate. So if you have lack, if you don't have enough, and I, when, I, when I say lack, I don't just mean you know, I run out before the end of the month or whatever. I'm talking about no lack. Because if you, if you got just enough, to me, you're still lacking. I can pay my bills. That's still lack. In comparison to what God's talking about. That might be, that's all right for you to compare to your cousin, but I'm talking about compared to what God's talking about. And I'd rather look at what God's talking about than what my cousin's talking about. Because up to my cousin, they're going to keep me right there in the same situation that they're in. Left up to my cousin. But if I leave it up to God, if I join my faith with God's faith, then we're going to go into an extravagant lifestyle. Got it? Glory to God. So everybody say, no lack. Look at James chapter 1 verse 4. James chapter 1 verse 4. Hallelujah. I said Hallelujah. James 1 verse 4. But let patience have what? It's perfect work that you may be what? Perfect and lacking. So you and I are not supposed to be lacking anything. That means we got, and we got to let faith, uh, patience finish the job. The Bible says by faith and patience we inherit the promises. After Abraham had patiently endured, he obtained the promises. Follow those who through faith and patience they inherit the promises. Don't be sluggish. Right? So when we let patience have its perfect work, then we can be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. That sounds like it's saying three of the same thing. Perfect, 
Complete, lacking nothing. Mature, complete, lacking nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Lacking nothing. You won't lack any good thing. Are you seeing this here? So lack has no place in your life. If you have lack, it's a violation. And until you see it that way, you'll tolerate it. Just like I've told you this before, I bear repeating, if, if, if you see a mouse in your living room, if you don't see that mouse, or some of y'all might have a rat, if you, if you don't see that rat as a violation, you'll tolerate that rat. And if you tolerate that rat, I got news for you. There's going to be some rat wedding, rat babies, rat grandbabies, rat reunions. You end up having a lot of rats. If you tolerate that violation. So if you tolerate, listen to this, this is, this is good, thank you Holy Spirit. If you tolerate lack in any area of your life, you will have to deal with lack in every area of your life. If you tolerate lack in any area, you'll have to deal with it in every area. In other words, if you allow sickness, you have to tolerate lack in every area. If you allow financial lack, you have to deal with it in every area. Because a thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. That means he's going to get into one area, but if you don't whip him, he's going to get into every area. So lacking nothing. Y'all got it? Everybody say, I'll be lacking nothing. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, please. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. And see where God was sending the children of Israel. See where God is taking me and taking you. How many of y'all want to know where you're going? You want to know how you're going to be living here? All right. For the land your God is bringing you into, or he's bringing you into a good land. Everybody say a good land. Remember God said, I searched the whole planet and chose the best land on the planet. So where God's taking you is a good land. He ain't take you into no sorry, no uh, horrible, ugly land. He's taking you to a good land. A land of brooks of water is plenty of irrigation of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. God said, I'm taking you to a place, he said, where you used to live, where you were, you had to water, water uh, by, by foot. You remember that? He said, you had, to, you had to water by foot. In other words, you had to walk around with a bucket and water trying to get crops to grow. He said, but the land I'm taking you to, it's going to be uh, watered by the rain. He said, I'm going to open the sky and water it. In other words, I'm going to give you a, a divine supply of irrigation. Oh, Jesus. The, the, the picture is, he's saying, where you came from, you had to work hard. You had to toil. Remember I told you David fell from receiving down to working. So if God is restoring all things, you and I are going from working back to receiving. But I hope y'all grab what I'm telling you, man. 
So this rain is going is to saturate your ground. This rain is going to cause your crops to grow. Not you having to work hard to make it grow. Yeah, it got easier. See, you know why it just got easier? Because you just accepted it in your spirit. I hope you all caught what I just said. The moment you accept it in your spirit, now it just starts getting easier. It, it just starts getting easier right then. Now you're not going to work for it. You're going to receive it. I think I was, I was, might have been you, Kirk, I was talking to you yesterday. I was saying, man, I, I wish I could, I could explain this more clearly to everybody. I wish I could get you to understand what I'm talking about. And I, I pray that God gives me the words and that he gives you the hearing to catch what I'm saying. That, yeah, you, you take what I'm saying to you and you meditate it, chew on it. Don't just play it in the background. You don't, don't, don't hear about you playing no message in the background. I'm talking about you sitting down with this word and just grabbing, okay, I receive that. The moment and you receive it. I'm going to tell you like I said Sunday, D. Don't, I don't want to hear about you praying about it. And thinking about it. Go ahead and just take this word, man. Because I'm telling you this works. What you're doing is, is not working as well as you want it to. I'm going to just put it that way. I can't, I can't tell you what's working or not. I don't know what's working in your life. But I guarantee it ain't working like you want it to work. I'm going to say it again boldly. I guarantee it ain't working the way you want it to work. And what you got to do is stop working. And start receiving from God. I wish I was knowledgeable enough, Deke, to explain what happens when I push that little button in the car, the ignition, and the car cranks. I don't, I don't know if... What that's connected to. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it's connected to. I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't know what triggers what. I don't know what fires what. I don't know. I have no clue how that mess happens. All I know is when I push that button, that engine turns over. So my frustration, if you allow, is I want I want to explain to you how this grace works, but I can't explain it. You just got to grab it. I just know it works. And the reason why most folks struggle is because you're still trying to get a schematic on it. You're still trying to find the manual on it. You're still trying to find YouTube and find out how this works. I'm telling you how it works. Give it will be given to you. Good measure, press on, shaking together, running over God, given to your bosom. believe and obey. I can't explain anymore. I, I don't, I, I can't explain anymore how it works. But once you accept it, that's what the Bible says. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him. He just believed God. That's it. That's it. He didn't have no preacher. He didn't have no faith seminar. He didn't have YouTube. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't have Roku. All he had was God saying, hey, go out here and do this. He's, the Bible says he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So where am I going? This land of wheat and barley 
of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. <laughs> this is a land of, of total abundance. How much abundance? Well, it says in verse 9, watch verse 9. A land in which you will eat bread without ever running out. A land where you will have groceries and never run out. Well, you can turn your air condition down to 72 if you feel like it. Y'all, boy, I'm going to just hike that window up. That's not the land you're supposed to be in. If you're in that land, you're trying to work the land yourself. He said, eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. God said, that's why I'm taking you. To land where you will lack nothing. <laughs> no lack land. Glory to God. Just imagine a land where you lack nothing. That's extravagant. Just too much. Of all that stuff. Just, I mean, you'll be able to dig, you know, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. You just, it's, just, it's just, it's right there under your feet. It's just, I'm taking you to a good land. Where you ain't got to struggle for it. Ladies and gentlemen, God is trying to move you out of toil and struggle and hard work into receiving. The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow, no toil with it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to shut down here in a minute. And I'll come back. I'll pick this up on Sunday. I might have to give you just to, the weekend just to, just to go uh, visit some extravagant. Go drive in different neighborhoods. Ain't nobody over here even said nothing. I'm going to just keep talking to y'all. Just go drive in different neighborhoods. They stuck over on this side over here. Fill your tank up. Fill your tank up. Put your GPS on your phone. Turn on some praise and worship music. Just ride and look at neighborhoods. Houses that black folk could never live in. I'm talking about just driving places that you just... Ooh, you, drive, drive to where it make you nervous. That's the way you, that's right. When you get those butterflies. 
See, because you got to get a vision of this. Yeah, drive slow. Don't be speeding there because they're going to call the police on you. You're going to be caught for driving while black. So you know, just take your time. Just drive safely. <laughs> right? Go on, ride through the neighborhood. Go down, go down to, to uh, UTC or go up to uh, International Mall in Tampa, UTC down in Sarasota. Go, don't, don't, and don't go on the first floor. Go on the top floor. Leave Tyrone. Don't go to Tyrone. Now, I'm not saying you can't, can't go to Tyrone. What I'm saying is this weekend, I'm saying this weekend, I'm, 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 I'm putting you on a field trip. Walk in Nemas and just buy you a bottle of water. Would you like a bag? Yes, I'd like a bag, please. See, y'all, y'all chucking and jiving with me. I'm just, I just want a bottle I want a bottle of water. Yeah, brain bags. <laughs> he said brain bags. Don't 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 go to the buy here pay here lot. Just when you just drive on a, on a on a brand new car lot. Check out a car. Now did I say buy one? I didn't say I didn't say, didn't say buy one. All I'm saying is Don't laugh too hard, Glenn. You can't laugh too hard right now, man. You You can get a keychain. That's that's what we're supposed to be doing. I'm going to get our keychain as we can. Why all that? Why did God tell Moses to send 12 spies to go see the land? Why did God tell Moses, go send 12 spies to check out the land? He said, do that so they can bring back evidence of this good land I have for them. God knew how it looked. He picked it. He said, I need you to see. So that you don't think I brought you out here to let you die here in this doggone wilderness. So you know I brought you out of that Egypt to take you somewhere. Into a place where there is no lack whatsoever. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Now this may stretch some people to do that. I just, I'm just not comfortable. I'm, I'm not comfortable. I go in there, them little stores, and there's security guards standing there with his little earpiece, and you know they're not gonna bother you. First of all, but you probably make more money than them. So settle your soul down. I don't even like the regular stores. I'm just telling you. Because they have horrible customer service. You go in, a, you go in a nice, you go in a, an exquisite store, and they, they treat you like you're a king. You, you want to look for, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking. Just, 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 just looking, just looking. Hey, well, if we can help you with anything, please let us know. Would you like anything to drink? Can we get you a water, a soda? You walk in this pen today like you ain't even in the store. 
You got to go, hello? Watching online, and some of your religious cousins, they're gonna talk about us and talk about me and look what he got talk, telling them people to do and all that kind of stuff. Listen, listen, listen. Let them die in the wilderness if they want to die in the wilderness. Turn, turn to 1 Corinthians 10. Let me close out here. Let me, let me, let me close out here. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna go through this, but let me just, because we, we saw this this morning in prayer. Can I show y'all something uh, we, we saw in prayer this morning? Tamara, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, verse 2. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, verse 3. All ate the same spiritual food, verse 4. And all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So you notice he said, all of them heard the same thing. All of them saw the same thing. All of them ate the same thing. All of them drank the same thing. All of them came out of Egypt. All of them came through the sea. All of them came by the cloud. Now give me verse 5. Switch to the King James. This King James is how you got to see it. Verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 5 in, in the King James. Watch this. Now remember it's been all, 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 all. But with many of them, he goes from all to many of them. New King James says most. God was not well pleased. What does it say? For they were overthrown. They all came out of Egypt. They all came out of sin. They all came out of being heathens. But with most of them, God wasn't well pleased. Why? Because they got here in the wilderness and got derailed, were overthrown, and never made it to where he wanted them to go. He said he wasn't pleased with them because they were overthrown out there. They didn't make it. They got stuck in mediocrity. They got stuck with just enough. They went from not enough in Egypt to just enough in the wilderness, and they got stuck right there. So when your cousins tell you, it ain't about all that. God ain't concerned about all that. Say, hey, you got to explain why all them folk died out there and God wasn't pleased. They got stuck in just enough and God said, oh, man. Because you got to think about what God is saying. He's, God, no, in fact, there were times Moses had to stop God. God was going to destroy them. And Moses said, hey, God, no, don't do that. Because if you do that, the people are going to say you brought them out here. And because you couldn't take them in, you killed them out here. So, what, so God said, okay, I'm not going to do it. So God never killed them out there. Why? For his name's sake. He brought them out for his name's sake. They were going to go into the promised land for his name's sake. And they get out here in the wilderness and just enough and they get overthrown and die. Like, oh man, what they gonna say about my name? So when your cousins and your aunties and your religious people try to tell you God don't want all that for you, 
Tell them, if you want to be overthrown in the wilderness, you go right ahead. If you want to not be well-pleasing to God, go right ahead. But I'm going to make it my aim to be well-pleasing to God. And if it pleases God for me to walk by faith and receive all God has for me and walk to that promised land and move from not enough to, to just enough to more than enough, I'm going to do just that. I'm going in. You stay here and die if you want to, but I'm going in to that promised land. And it's a good land. Milk and honey. Olive trees. Eat bread without scarcity. You lack nothing. That's where I'm going. Somebody shout, that's where I'm going. We just sang a song. I'll go if I have to go by myself. Y'all remember that? Now they were talking about if my mama don't go, my father don't go, but they weren't talking about going into the promised land. I'm talking about man going into what God has for you. I'm going in. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to let God do everything he said he wanted to do. I'm going to not disrespect the blood of Jesus. I'm going to let him bless me the way he wants to bless me. So I can enjoy it. And then... I can be a blessing to other people. So whenever God sends people to me, I'm not out of stock. <laughs> Sorry, we out of stock. We got to wait. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have some more chicken. Man, how many, remember how many times we were going to McDonald's, they were doing them chicken strips, and then we don't have no chicken. Y'all advertising chicken on the TV. You're supposed to have the chicken, man. We don't have no chicken strips. Take it off the menu. Amen. Y'all receive that tonight? Yeah. Ask your neighbor, do you receive it? Yeah. Ask him again, do you receive it? Yeah. Now ask him, are you going to do it? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this? You ain't got to worry about these young people. They're going to do it. Hey, can I tell you something about the young people? In the wilderness, listen to me very carefully. In the wilderness, God sent Joshua and Caleb along with 10 other spies into the land. Go check it out. 10 spies came back and said, we can't do it. We can't do it. Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says they were of a different spirit. The ten said, we ain't going to do it. They said, Moses, you brought us out here to die. And they said, if we go in there, they said, all of our children are going to be killed. Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we can go do it. We well able to go take this land. So you know what God did? God said, I tell you what, y'all not going to go in. But I'm going to let Joshua and Caleb go in and all y'all children. You don't want to go, but I'm going to take your children in there. I'm going to let the children enjoy everything that you thought was too big for you. So y'all better hear me, grown-ups. If you leave it, the children ain't going to leave it. He said, we're going to get it. We're going to have it. We're going to have it. Because they're going to be prophets of their generation. 
Amen. Praise God. Well, give God a hand of praise when you see that word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going in. I'll be lacking nothing. Every need will be met. I'll be out of debt. I'll have plenty more to put in store. I'll be able to give big. I'll be able to live big. I'll be able to enjoy life the way God planned on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A big giver and a big liver. You can be both. The man in Psalm 112, he was a big liver and a big giver. Job was a big liver and a big giver. That's the pattern. Hallelujah. So you don't have to choose. You can do both. You can give big and bless people and help people all over the world. And God will still bless your socks off and give you more than you can handle. Extravagant. Grace. Amen. Amen. Father, tonight I speak to every area of lack in our lives. I speak now to sickness, disease. I speak now to any deficiency in our bodies, wherever we're deficient in any mineral deficient, in any vitamin deficient, in any uh, thing that we, our bodies need, I speak to it, God, that, Lord, that you release out of your abundance. You minister to our bodies. We receive now all we need to be totally healthy and strong. I curse every sickness. I curse every disease. I curse inflammation. I curse every pain. I curse it right now in Jesus' name. I command it to go now in the name of Jesus. I curse anemia. I curse iron deficiencies. Hallelujah. I curse low blood cell counts. I speak right now, God, that every cell is reorganized, restructured, reformed, regenerated to produce total health, spirit, soul, and body. I speak to the mind where there's deficiency in the mind, where there's memory loss, there's thoughts, there's confusion. I speak a clarity right now to every mind in the name of Jesus. I, I curse right now dementia, Alzheimer's, even the onset of it. I curse every violation against the people of God. And I command everybody to come into perfect alignment with the will of God. Now, in the name of Jesus, I curse high blood pressure, low blood pressure. I curse it now, diabetes. I command insulin to be pumped properly. In the name of Jesus, I command every pancreas to conform to the will of God. I command every heart to beat in conformity to the, to the will of God. Now in the name of Jesus, 
I take authority. Oh God. I take authority right now over that deficiency of peace in every marriage. I speak peace to every marriage. I speak peace to every home. I speak right now. No more turmoil, no more struggle, and no more strife. I speak peace right now. I release peace. I leave even, Lord, as you commanded the disciples, my peace on them. Everyone believing right now a peace in their marriages, peace with their children. I have released my peace. It's the peace of God. Now, in the name of Jesus, I speak peace in people's jobs where there's turmoil and confusion, chaos, strife. I speak peace and a greater grace upon your people to function above this world system. In the name of Jesus, I speak right now. God, a, a, a fullness of knowledge and understanding for our youth who are in school, that God, there's no deficiency in their learning. No deficiency in their attention. We curse attention deficit disorder. We curse that now. There's no deficit there's no deficiency, God. They are alert. Their minds are alert. Their minds are sharp. Oh, God. Holy Ghost, be teacher. Holy Ghost, be teacher. You said, Lord, by the word of God, you make us wiser than our teachers, God. Holy Ghost, be the teacher. Make everything easy to understand. Father, I, I come against a lack of anointing. A, a lack of fellowship. A lack of communion with you, Lord. I, I speak even now that your people, Lord, are able to hear your voice clearly. And to connect instantly. That every time we call, every time we cry out, every time we pray, every time we sing, there's an instant connection with you, Lord. Because you are in us. That God, we're not reaching out somewhere trying to find you. But we begin to understand that you're in us. Father, tonight I pray and I come against and I curse every deficiency in the finances of your people. Lack has no right to be in the lives of sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of the king. So I curse that lack. I curse poverty. I curse the spirit of poverty. Get out of here. Get out of the lives. Get out of the minds of God's people. You foul spirit. Go now. Get your filthy hands off God's people. And I release right now abundance, prosperity, overflow, and extravagance into the lives of these your people. I call, Lord, for your angels, your harvesting angels, 
your prosperity angels to go for them, bring in our harvest. Wave upon wave upon wave upon wave upon wave upon wave of blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. One blessing heaped on another. God, I curse debt to the root. I curse it right now. Student loans, credit cards, auto loans, mortgages, I curse them now. Medical bills, I curse them now. Big and small alike, I curse them now. To the root. Thank you for ridding your people, statue people of every, every debt, every tax, every tax debt. In the name of Jesus. Every lingering thing. I curse it. By the power of the anointing you placed on my life, I curse it in the name of Jesus. So shall your people live in abundance. I curse even every old debt, cars that have been repossessed, houses that have been foreclosed, old rents, old leases that remain unpaid. I, I curse that debt and I command it all to be paid in full. Settle it off the books in Jesus' name. No lack in this house. Thank you, Father, that as we have prayed it and decreed it, it is so unto us. Now we pray that as we go from this place tonight, you just continue to abide with us. Lead us and guide us as we seek your face, as we fear you, as we put you first in all things. We trust you, God, that you will supply all of our needs. You will grant the desires of our hearts. God, you'll add all these things to us. We'll have no worry, no care about anything. We'll go from working for everything to learning how to receive everything. Teach us every day. Guide us. Thank you for your angelic protection upon us and around us. As we go to our homes, let us find everything in order, nothing amiss. Keep us throughout this weekend, Father, this entire week. Bring us back this Sunday, Lord, ready to glorify and magnify your name. We pray, Lord, over every event that will happen Friday night and Saturday, Father. And then we come back Sunday, God, let it be a glorious time as you meet us here on Sunday. Lord, we'll give you praise. We'll give you glory. We'll give you all the honor. We pray and we ask these blessings. And we declare the blessing of the Lord upon every family, every house, everyone represented here tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. Give God a praise tonight. You're dismissed.